0: Welcome to the Abundant Soul Aligned Business Podcast, a show all about helping entrepreneurs to navigate building a profitable business as a spiritual woman without sacrificing time, money, or freedom. I'm your host, Sarah Bird, and I've built my own brand from the ground up. If you're ready to create your abundant spiritual business, but have no clue where to start, you're in the right place. I'm here to give you all the guidance and insights into what it takes to launch, scale, and succeed in business from the inside out. We cover the deep inner work of owning a business and the logistics and strategies of setting yourself up for mega success. So let's dive right in. Today we're talking all about shadow work. Ooh, I'm so excited. This is the special Halloween episode. It's also episode number 13. So spooky all around. We're going to get witchy. And I wanted to talk as you if you've been listening all month. I've been thinking about Halloween and how we wear masks and being authentic. And I wanted to do the special Halloween episode all about the shadow because that's really what this holiday is about, is looking at, well, it can be metaphysically interpreted in different ways. But I like to think of it as exploring our shadow. I remember I took a a Jungian class, um, which is a psychology class on Carl Jung and his um, theories and teachings and we were talking about this with my professor uh about how halloween is the time when all of our like dark fantasies come out and all of our uh, desires like our deepest darkest desires and that's why everything well not everything but a lot of things are really sexualized and at halloween it's because we're tapping into our shadow and giving ourselves permission to embody that shadow for a night so really excited about this particular topic. We're going to have so much fun. So I want to start with what is the shadow? Kind of what are the origins of it? Where does it come from? What is it? What's going on? And what is shadow work? So like I mentioned, the idea of the shadow came from a psychologist, Carl Jung, who's kind of the godfather or grandfather, I should say, of like transpersonal psychology. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. But last week I did an entire episode all about parts work and our shadow is the part of ourself within us that is rejected or what's called the exiled parts. So these are the parts of us that carry shame. And when that shame is too painful, we push them away. And so oftentimes it was really helpful to adapt um, when it was needed. There was a time in your life when your shadow developed or parts of your shadow came um, into the light. And because it wasn't acceptable in certain environments, you associated it with shame and pushed it away. But even though it was helpful to adapt when it was needed, uh, it's likely that you've outgrown that need and it's no longer helpful. And if you don't integrate, if you have an, an unintegrated shadow, You won't find wholeness and this can impact your life and your business. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. So really the shadow is kind of your wounded self. It's like the part of you that got hurt, but that hurt or pain didn't get fully processed. And so as a result, you ended up suppressing or repressing that hurt part of yourself into the unconscious. And that's what makes up the shadow. Now, I like to use this analogy. I've said it a lot in a lot of different trainings, but this part of you that has a need, this wounded part of you that the need is not being met. I like to think of it like a little kid who has a need and it's trying to get their mommy's attention. So they're tugging on mom's skirt and they're saying, mommy, mommy. And if the mom shoes away the child, like, oh, I'm busy. I'm talking to someone else, go away. That kid doesn't, I mean, what happens when a toddler gets, is crying and doesn't get their need met and you shush them often, or or push them away, ignore them. They just get louder, they cry louder. It doesn't stop, it doesn't go away. So there's parts within you that are, really have these needs that aren't being met. And instead of getting quieter, disappearing, they actually get louder. They say, my need isn't getting met and I'm gonna cry even stronger, even louder. I'm gonna yearn for that need even more to be met. But because it's suppressed um, into the shadow or repressed, it doesn't get processed, it doesn't get its need met, you're not giving it the attention that it needs, then oftentimes that will come out sideways. And this is where we have behaviors that we maybe don't like or you know sometimes you do something and then you look back on it and you're like wow i wish i could have done that differently or i don't know why i reacted that way or i felt really out of control in that moment or whatever it is that is that repressed need coming out sideways so it can help to think of your wounded self within you as kind of a, like a little kid a toddler or baby tugging on mommy's skirt tugging on your skirt like trying to get your attention um, and then it changes the whole dynamic when you think of it that way. So when you integrate, um, your shadow into your full self, it can really help you with your sense of identity. You can know yourself fully. You have a really strong sense of self. You feel whole, you don't feel fragmented. It also can help you regulate your emotions and give you greater skills because you're really in tune with exactly what you need. Again, it doesn't have to come out sideways. It also can help you with how you move through the world and through your business, how you can show up as your most authentic self and step into a position of leadership in your business. It's really about becoming whole, really about self-acceptance, accepting the part of yourselves that you don't like, And you can only do that by releasing the shame like dissociating the needs, you have the repressed parts of you from the shame. And then it also can open you up to new aspects of your personality and kind of shine a light on some potential that has been untapped within you so. I like to reframe the shadow a lot of people have it as like oh it's this bad thing it's all the dark parts of me or i'm evil inside or something weird like that. But really your shadow is neither good nor bad it's just the rejected parts of you and the parts of you that are in your blind spots it's just kind of like your unconscious part of yourself. Now this can include the things that are like deemed negative in society, like anger, especially with women that's deemed as a negative thing or not allowed, jealousy, et cetera, kind of the uncomfortable feelings. But it also can include the things that are deemed good, but maybe they were unacceptable. So what I mean by that is like, if you're a kid and say you're being really loud I come from like a really quiet family, so being loud was like not, not allowed. It was unacceptable. I used to be told like, lower your voice, be quiet, use your inside voice, like really a lot of consciousness around being loud in my household growing up, which now as an adult, I love. I love quiet time. I like quiet things myself, but being loud isn't inherently wrong or it's just you're told that it's unacceptable when you're a child and so you associate it with shame. Same with like being silly, you know, if you're being too rowdy or too silly, especially as little girls, like especially for women, it was just me and my sister growing up before my brother came along. and we were like not allowed to be rowdy. We were being bad little girls if we were getting too silly, too out of control. So being silly isn't inherently bad, but it was deemed unacceptable in my childhood system. But also other things that are considered good, but like unacceptable for certain roles in society, like self-advocacy. If you're in a position where you're not expected to self-advocate and you do self-advocate, you're called a, what do they call it? Like a What's the word that's used? Like a challenging woman or a a difficult woman. I think that's what people say. But really self-advocacy is actually a good thing. (laughs) So that can also be in your shadow, even if it's not necessarily a negative or bad thing. Sometimes it can just be repressed because we were told that part of us is not allowed. The other thing that can be in your shadow are the things that we idolize or adore in others but it sits as unlived potential within us. So things like when you believe other people can have it, but I don't deserve it, or somebody else is naturally talented, but I'm scared to tap into my own inner talent. Or if I'm not naturally talented at something I shouldn't even try, like this is where perfectionism comes in. Um, Or like, you know, there's a lot of pressure with like American Idol and all the talent shows these days, like you have to be perfect. I did karaoke last week at a a retreat I was at, and yeah, it was I was terrible. It was awful. It was such a bad performance. And I had a blast because I don't repress that part of myself. Like the part that was fun was the singing, not the performing. I wasn't trying to win an award. We were just goofing around. So there can be things in others that we see that we really wish we had, but because we don't allow ourselves to tap into that natural potential within us, it's housed in our shadow. The other thing that's in your shadow, um, or I'll, I'll just give a couple examples. So one of them is like, okay, if you talk too much as a kid, so, and then you were told that you talk too much. I have a funny story, cause I was a very talkative kid. <laughs> There's this, I was thinking about this as I was writing my show notes. There's this home video we have, like the old like VHS recorder. My parents had just bought a house and my aunt was walking around the house when we just bought it, videotaping the different rooms and the backyard and whatnot. And in the background of this old video, here's me like two, three years old, just following my aunt around. I'm never in the shot. She's filming the house, but my voice is in the background for this like 20 minute long video of me just telling this story, but as a toddler, and I was just going on and on and on, like the story never ended. And then the princess did this, and then the monster did that, and then they went back to the castle, like just going on and on. And the whole video, (laughs) my poor aunt is like, okay, Sarah, I think that's the end of the story. And then they all lived happily ever after. Okay, I think that's the end, like trying to get me to wrap up the story. I didn't take the hint as a two year old, but that's a good example of like how much you can just naturally be yourself. Like I was just naturally being this imaginative, you know, creative kid telling a story. And had my aunt been, you know, meaner about it, she was very nice and gentle and did listen to the whole 20 minute story. But had she said, like, you're talking too much, that's the end of the story. Stop. Go away. I don't want to hear about this anymore that would have been a part of me that I could have repressed this like talkative aspect of my personality. And so as an adult, like despite having a lot of thoughts, if you were told something like this as a kid, you might really repress that talkative part of you. I have a podcast, so obviously I didn't repress that part of me. (laughs) I, I do have a lot of things to say and I say them. Um, Another example of a shadow piece that's not necessarily from childhood, but something else you might not think about. is like, if you really value generosity, like it's, it's a huge part of your, um, it's one of your core values. It's a big part of your personality. It's really integrated in how you live your life, like generosity, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that, but you probably have, or you might have some Repressed feelings of selfishness in your shadow, like I don't want to be selfish, so I need to be generous that those two things like being generous is good and being selfish is bad. Now, when I say selfish, yeah, certainly there's negative and harmful versions of that. But selfishness is also just kind of being self-centered, like putting yourself first, having self-care, having boundaries, trusting yourself. There's really positive aspects of being selfish, knowing what you want, prioritizing what you want, going for those things, saying no, um, when you're not fully invested in something, saying yes to yourself, even if it means, you know, not going out with friends or disappointing others. So what can happen is that the positive aspects of this quality also get repressed into the shadow, even if what you dislike, like negative selfishness, is being repressed, is really what you're rejecting. So what can happen is that your shadow, we'll just go with this example, um, can really get triggered when like someone else is putting themselves first. If someone else is you know, making themselves a priority or having boundaries, Those things in and of themselves aren't wrong or bad, but if you haven't integrated that part of yourself, then you'll be triggered or you'll have conflict with this person or you'll dislike that aspect of them because that is in your shadow and it's tapping into that. So those are just a few examples of what the shadow is and kind of where it comes from. So just to recap, like in total, the shadow encompasses all the parts of yourself that you reject so it's like unacceptable behaviors usually these are linked with shame and told to us you know adopted in childhood there's also unmet needs or denied needs um i myself it's not even just that i don't have needs that are met or excuse me it's not just that i don't meet my needs sometimes there were many years where i lived as though i didn't even have needs like the needs themselves were in the shadow they weren't even allowed let alone to have them let alone to meet them so you can have denied needs or unmet needs in your shadow um you also can have unresolved conflicts or problems like these are those wounds that i was talking about these like unresolved wounds that haven't been been worked through and so they get stuck in your shadow because you have limited skills to actually work through them. And then you also have like unlived potential, unlived desires, unlived passions. Now I want to spend a few minutes talking about the unlived potentials and passions, um, because this can come in. And this is kind of the common understanding of a shadow. It can come in the form of like your dark secrets or even like your sexual fantasies or kinks or things that you're like, don't share with everyone. That can live in your shadow, that could be true. But it also could just be like, um, not fully living out your potential. And I remember I had a friend, this was probably 10, 15 years ago, we were young in our early twenties and we would go see local live music, uh, just like the local bands playing around town. And my friend really liked to sing. She loved to sing. And she, and we were like in our early twenties and she (laughs) joined the local like church choir, (laughs) which whatever, if you want to join the church choir and that's your desire, like go for it. But she was the only person there, under you know 70 years old and she was like 22 23 at the time we were like kids and so she just joined the church choir just because it gave her an opportunity to sing but as we would go to these local bands there was this one band um i remember and they were like a rock band not punk but like kind of rowdy rock they would jump all over the stage and it was a band full of guys and then the lead singer was this chick she was kind of like this rocker chick Very nice, whatever, local gal ran in our crowd. And my friend who really liked to sing was always like, man, I really want like to have a band. I wanna be on stage. I'd love to like sing in front of a band and and be the lead singer of a rock group. And I kept thinking, you know, it sounds familiar. Wonder where you're getting that idea. But instead of going for that, she and like starting a band, which she easily could have, she like joined the church choir. So this is an example of like, okay, her true desire to like be on stage and perform and like be the center, the lead singer of a rock band, there was nothing wrong with that. She was perfectly capable of doing that, creating it, but instead she went for the like lesser version, the untapped potential and joined the like septuagenarian octogenarian church choir where they were singing like hymns. And I was like, girl, I know this is not what you want to do. What you want to do is like be out there playing crazy rock music, but instead you're like singing to Jesus. What are you doing? So that's an example of like the unlived, untapped into desires and passions. Sometimes it just comes in the form of like trying to get the need met in one version, but you're doing the church choir version of the rock band that you really want. So the other thing that's in the shadow um, that's kind of this untapped in desire and passion is that as women specifically, I mean, I would say everyone, but particularly as women, we are taught to associate femininity with shame. But truthfully, femininity is where we hold our power. So what happens is that our power becomes associated with shame and we push it away. It gets stuck in our shadow. So this is why there's that famous age old Marianne Williamson quote, and why this resonates with so many people And the quote says our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It's our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. And this is why this quote um, resonates with so many people so many women is because we associate we link power femininity and shame and then all of our power gets pushed into the shadow. So there's a famous quote, one of my favorite quotes is by um Joseph Campbell and he says the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. And this to me is talking about the shadow, like the gem, the the diamond, the like secret key to our power, the key to the universe, the key to manifesting the key to success and happiness and fulfillment and all the things we desire in life is hidden within the shadow. So we have to go into the cave that we fear to enter in order to capture, to tap into the treasure we seek. And this is what shadow work is. So from directly from Carl Jung, who again is kind of the pioneer of the shadow work, he says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. So doing the shadow work is so important, which we're about to dive into Up, Doing the shadow work is so important because then you get to have more autonomy in your life. You get to capture your own inner power. You get to integrate and feel whole. And then instead of your life being designed by these unconscious things that you're not even aware of you have a lot more choice and autonomy in the direction you go so let's get into it that was the that was the intro to shadow kind of what it is where it comes from what's in it what's going on so now that we have like what the shadow is down i want to talk about some common things that hang out in the shadows specifically for women entrepreneurs specifically for spiritual women entrepreneurs, because that's really the audience that I like to speak to and how I identify. So after we do that, then we're going to talk about kind of what it looks like, you know, how it impacts your business, some of the common shadow pieces in the shadow, how it can impact your business. Um, And then How you know what it looks like when you do have integration, when you learn to embrace your shadow and how you do that, how you can integrate. So I've got some really good tips at the end. Lots of good, juicy stuff. So stick around. Um, So, yeah, let's dive into these common shadows for women entrepreneurs, spiritual women entrepreneurs. So first off, let's start with some collective shadows for women in general, just in our society. So we have this thing called the Trinity wound, and you've probably heard of all three of these individually, if you haven't heard of the Trinity wound, which is all of them collectively. And the Trinity wound consists of the mother wound, the sister wound, and the witch wound. So these are wounds that we have within us that are just part of our collective consciousness as women. It's really part of the female experience. So the mother wound is really about this intergenerational pain that gets passed down and it's the pain of being a woman in a patriarchal system and all of the like coping mechanisms that come with that, despite how dysfunctional they can be. The sister wound, so the mother wound is what gets passed down. The sister wound is really about, you know, like betrayal, exclusion, feeling rejected or in competition with our fellow women, our sisters, not our biological sisters, but just our sisters out in the world. And so this can come in the form of like, yeah, being competitive, being jealous of other women's success, social rejection, tearing others down, being catty, being judgmental. But really all of that comes from feeling wounded by the other women in our world too. Also shout out, that's a result of a, living in a patriarchal system as well. So no judgment here for people who have the sister wound, but it is can be pretty pervasive. Um, and then the third one is the witch wound. Now, historically women have been persecuted for being a woman with strong convictions for tapping into and embodying her inherent power, for having wisdom about healing, spirituality, manifestation. So the witch wound is this fear of showing up fully, again, tapping into our power. This is where, like I said, femininity is associated with shame. And so if this has come historically and through multiple generations, where we've been persecuted for these things, no wonder we have that in our DNA. We have this memory of it's not safe to be vulnerable. It's not safe to be open about our spirituality. It's not safe to be fully feminine. It's not safe to tap into our wisdom and share about, you know, our manifestation techniques, our healing wisdom, all of that, because we've been persecuted for it in the past. So that's the Trinity wound, the mother, the sister and the witch wound, all three of those can be hanging out in your shadow. Then we have other wounds that are related to business outside of that. These are things like worthiness, um, where you don't feel self confident, you don't have confidence or you feel like imposter syndrome. Or even things around like social expectations like conforming to gender roles or the pressures of parenting as a mother a woman in business um so that's worthiness also and worthiness is like a huge issue that comes up for a lot of people even outside of business and it like really runs a huge part of our life we're not even aware of it i've so many times where the root of what was going on for me the the challenge or the neurosis really just came down to, I don't feel inherently worthy. So that's a really big one. Another common one I see is boundaries. So this could come in the form of like overworking, never turning off, um, people pleasing, not setting boundaries with your clients or with yourself, or when people ask you to do things, you don't really know how to say no. So these can all be different forms of boundaries but are in your shadow. Another common one I see is like the scarcity mindset. Now, this isn't just money, like, oh, I'm in feast or famine, I'm making money and then I don't make money or I'm not making money in my business, I really need it I'm freaking out. But it also can come in the form of like, there's never enough time. I don't have enough hours in the day I don't have enough energy I always feel like I'm low on energy or burnt out, or I don't have the support in my life that I need I don't have business support or I don't have enough support at home. So whether it's not enough money time energy support whatever it is all of that comes down to holding a scarcity mindset and that can be hidden in your shadow. Um, another one is spirituality now, this is one that I personally really resonate with I resonate with all of these i have ex- confronted every single one of these in my example list. But spirituality, the way it can be in your shadow is if you are hiding how deep you really are. And this goes back to that witch wound of like, oh, I'm not allowed to show up and be spiritual or talk about these you know, manifestation practices or my true beliefs. So you're hiding your true spiritual beliefs. You don't incorporate it, even though you may, even if you identify as like a spiritual entrepreneur, a spiritual business owner, even if the content of your business is based in spirituality or based in your spiritual beliefs, You can hold back a lot of those because you're worried about, you know, how you'll be judged for it. Um, This also can come up in if you have conflict within you between like your spiritual side and having material success or wealth. If you're like, oh, being, you know, materially successful is just shallow or it's not spiritual or being wealthy isn't spiritual, which is not true, by the way. Um, If that is in conflict within you, spirituality and material success, then that could be spirituality hanging out in your shadow. Another way this can show up is um, being seen. This one's really hard for a lot of women entrepreneurs, especially in like the coaching industry or having an online presence. And what the real pain is here, that's in your shadow is a pain around uh, vulnerability being vulnerable so you aren't necessarily authentic so you struggle with authenticity not saying that you're fake or whatever but there's just part of parts of you that you hide maybe you hide behind perfectionism i did that for many years <laughs> i definitely have struggled with perfectionism in the past and it was really because i was so ashamed i was so afraid of being my authentic self because i thought Um, by showing up fully and being visible that I was going to be ridiculed or rejected. I didn't want people to see the real me because again, I didn't believe the real me was worthy of love or worthy of having a voice, worthy of being witnessed. And so that visibility wound really um, came up for me. It was really in my shadow. This also can come in the form of like playing a part, which is really just about imposter syndrome. But the example I like to use for this is I used to be in this coaching program um, by this pretty well known coach she's great whatever I don't have any beef with her. But at the end of the like six month program everybody who graduated her like coaching program on how to become a coach was just like her 2.0. It's like everybody was just playing the role of her because she was successful and had what they wanted, but they weren't authentic to themselves. They were just trying to emulate or recreate her. And so this can be a result of imposter syndrome, which also can be in your shadow. But like playing a part who you think you're supposed to be, what you think your audience wants to have from you, what you think um, a counselor or a coach is supposed to look like, supposed to sound like, supposed to do. It's like stepping into almost like Barbie, like playing a part, playing a role. Um, But you're not being your authentic self. Another way the being seen shadow can come up is when people, and this is really common on social media, people only show their highlight reel and only share their successes, which are great to share. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But when you don't show any struggles or not sharing any of the process or any of the experiences you had that took you to that success, any of the challenges, it can seem inauthentic and people are not as like inspired by it. So if you're only showing your successes, but you don't share any of the struggles or the growth or the challenges or the ways that you're stretched along the way, that can be indicative of having a um, visibility wound in your shadow and again i'm using all of these as examples from my own life because i have experienced every single one of these in this long list so (laughs) if you're having any of these don't worry you're not alone um another couple more that are in the shadow that are common for women entrepreneurs the next one i have is jealousy so this can come in a few different forms um but the way I see it a lot is like when you see others being successful and then you feel like well it's not fair that you can't create that that they could create it but you couldn't and so I used to get this thought process I would get stuck in this like loop of thinking where I would say well you know, they're no better than me. And I'm just as smart, just as competent, just as capable, just as resource, just as energized as they are about this topic. In fact, I have a lot more expertise than them, but I can't figure out the success. Why couldn't I create the success? Why were, you know, I see this a lot on social media too, of like, Somebody's out there who's doing a way worse job than you much lower quality is less expertise and they're making a lot more money all because they're going out there being confident and being visible so just and it's meant to be as like an inspiration for you like keep going you can create it too somebody worse is doing it and they're making money so you can too and you're better um but that can kind of be that form of like jealousy like what's wrong with me that i can't create it but others can And that comes back to like feeling less than feeling unworthy It also can come in the form of like having a hard time cheering on other women having a hard time supporting empowering being excited for collaborating with other women in your industry. This one also the jealousy shadow can also come in the form of feeling guilty or shameful for wanting more than you have. This is a huge common saying that we're told, especially as children, you know, be grateful for what you have, like what you have should be enough, appreciate what you have, and don't worry about what you don't have. But the truth is you can appreciate what you have and want more. Those things aren't mutually exclusive. In fact, you're only going to get more by appreciating what you have based on the laws of spirituality and manifestation. So um that can be kind of a dysfunction that's hanging out in your shadow in the jealousy realm and then finally the last one this one is really interesting to me I'm super excited about this topic and that is like multiculturalism and intersectionality so as a female entrepreneur as a woman in the world you might have this can come in the form of a a few different ways so one way it can show up is if you have internalized depression This is like you take the messages of oppression and internalize those about something is wrong with you. Um, This also can come in the form of like a lack of representation in your industry, especially if you're in a male dominated industry or if you're a person of color and you're in a white dominated industry um so just like not having representation feeling insecure that imposter syndrome can I really do this am I really cut out for it am I built for it can I hang in the boys club and like still be authentic and true to myself so any of those messages about internalized oppression or just simply a lack of representation can hang out in the shadow now on the flip side of this um for people in positions of power this can come in the form of like hidden biases. So we all have in these implicit biases that are taught to us by society and culture. And so maybe it's like biases that are racist or biases that are sexist or nationalist or ableist or even things like um, being a native English speaker or you know, anything that that you hold as like, oh. Even if consciously you don't believe it or consciously you don't agree with it, if you have a hidden bias that's underneath and in your unconscious, hanging out in your shadow of like, I'm better than other people because, or even I'm worse than other people because any of these things, that can really mess you up in your business and in your life, I would argue, (laughs) and your ability to like relate with other people in true equity, true like humanity and dignity. So, if you have racist, sexist, nationalist, ableist, whatever, ageist biases, those can hang out in your shadow and are very much worth looking at. Um, And then the other piece of this is, or how it can show up in your shadow, is fragility. Now, you've probably heard of like, um, you know, fragile masculinity or the white fragility is kind of how it's been used. But really, what that is about is being unwilling to address those hidden biases, being unwilling to look at them. And so I like to say, you know, as the white person, I both benefit from and contribute to the oppression of people of color, whether I want to or not, whether I agree with it or not. It's simply how our system is built. Our society is structured with systemic oppression. And just based on my position of being a white person in a white supremacist society, if I was not willing to address how I hold that position of power, how I contribute, to marginalization of others, um, then that would be that fragility. The fact that I'm willing to look at it and go, no, I want to shine a light on this. I want to look at my hidden biases. I want to acknowledge how I benefit from a racist society, but I also want to look at how I contribute to a sexist society, even if I don't agree with it. It's just, we live in a patriarchy. And also shine a light on how I'm oppressed by these things, how I'm marginalized, how in a white supremacist society, in a patriarchal society, everyone suffers. And so I'm not benefited. I am benefited in many ways from being a white person, but it also harms me as well because we lose out on the beauty of diversity so having the fragility around it like oh i'm not willing to look at that which is kind of inherent to being in the shadow anyway um but there's like this real tenderness around it and then having those hidden biases can hang out in the shadow and then the other piece around intersectionality is just that like having different positions this is what intersectionality is is like holding different positions of power in society positions of power and positions of marginalization or oppression. And so if you hold different ones, for example, I'm a white woman. So as a woman, I am in a position of being oppressed or marginalized by the patriarchal society. But as a white person, I'm holding a position of power in a white supremacist society. And so I hold both a position of power and a position of marginalization. And if you don't know how to resolve the fact that you're in an intersectional position, how those different positions intersect with one another, that can get stuck in your shadow. So, and it can cause a lot of harm if you're not addressing these things. So it's really important to look at this Um, That internalized depression or lack of representation and all of the challenges that come with that, like imposter syndrome and whatnot, the hidden biases that you might have, and the fragility around looking at those things, and then also resolving your position of intersectionality. So lots of interesting things to talk about. I love this topic so those are kind of the common ones that i see for women entrepreneurs the trinity wound again the mother wound the sister wound and the witch wound we hold all three of those kind of collectively as women and then other common ones i see is like worthiness issues boundary issues scarcity mindset um, hiding your spirituality or trying to reconcile your spirituality with material success or wealth um, visibility wounds, jealousy coming up in different forms, which really has to do with worthiness. And then this intersectionality and multiculturalism shadow. So these are all things that are important to address. And here's how they can impact you in your life, but specifically in your business. So if you're trying to run a business or create a business, if you're starting from scratch and you're playing small, you have weak boundaries, you lack confidence, you're afraid of being visible, don't like to show up, you're hiding your spirituality, your spiritual depth and your wisdom, you feel like there's never enough time or money or energy to get done what you want to do, or you don't feel worthy of your desires or anything else in that long list I just explained. If you do that, if you are trying to run a business based on all these things, you're not gonna be magnetic. So you won't end up sharing your story of your authentic self. And so people won't get to know you and therefore they won't feel drawn to you, that you won't have a magnetism about you. People won't really be interested in your content um and then it'll hold you back from genuinely serving others and that's really what we all start a business for yes to have freedom and time location money all of those benefits but really if you're a spiritual entrepreneur your intention is likely to be rooted in wanting to serve others like be of true service to people But if your insecurities are getting in the way of genuinely serving others you're not going to help your clients with the transformation that you want to help them with. You're gonna be held back because you're more focused on or held back by these insecurities. You also, if you have messy boundaries and all those things I mentioned you won't be accountable for your actions you won't be accountable for like doing what needs to get done in order to run a successful business, to putting everything together, to being on time. You also won't hold your clients accountable and you'll have kind of messy boundaries around that. It's really easy to slip into. And if you do have that, um, that's not going to be in service to your clients, whether you're not accountable or you don't hold your clients accountable, either way, that's not healthy, clean relationship. If you feel shame about making money, like I said, that kind of conflict with spirituality and financial wealth. Um, then you're subconsciously going to reject it and you'll never find that freedom and success that you want. Your business will tank. You'll always be in debt. You will be barely scraping by. You'll feel guilty when you take money from people, which is energetically going to repel money. It's just going to be a mess. And when you're running a business and trying to create freedom, part of that is financial freedom. Part of that is being divinely compensated for the service that you provide. And making money and being wealthy is tapping into this divine abundance that you have, that we all have. So you won't be able to tap into that. You'll self-sabotage in that way. You'll also honestly just be exhausted and depleted. Like running a business is a lot of work. If you believe that there's never enough time, money, energy, support, whatever, if you're in scarcity mindset, it's gonna burn you out. You're gonna be drained. You won't be able to tap into this divine inspiration that helps you just flow. Um, I did a whole podcast episode about flow and energy and following that divine inspiration, inspired action. You won't be able to tap into that and you'll just be kind of running against the wind here. So it can be really exhausting and depleting. Now, last episode was all about parts work. So if you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to listen to it after this episode because I went through a few vignettes. I think I went through four or five examples of real entrepreneurs that I know, I changed everyone's name, but they're real examples of people that I know who really need to address their inner parts that are in conflict with one another. And a huge aspect of that is the part of you that's in your shadow, the part of you that's exiled. So go back and listen to that episode. Um, I think it's something called Parts Work and it's the episode literally right before this one and it's really really good but those are some great examples of like what it looks like when you don't have clean boundaries have clean energy have all of this stuff hanging out in your shadow that's sabotaging your business what you can do about it and then how how it changes and transforms the way you show up in your business and step into leadership um in how your business can thrive when you do that so go back and listen to those they're really interesting but it can really wreak havoc in your life i gave examples of business but really every single one of those things impact our lives as women just in general so when you integrate your shadow when you find wholeness and can finally integrate it is tremendously beneficial it can completely transform your life, totally change how you show up, and really make things go a lot smoother and a lot better. So, here are some benefits of that integration kind of what it looks like when you do work with your shadow and work with it. And then, after these examples, I'm gonna give you some suggestions on how you can do shadow work. So, first, um, the benefits of that wholeness is, and that integration with your shadow is that you won't feel fragmented or like you have parts within you that are working against each other. You as a whole person can finally work towards a common goal amongst all the different parts of you. One part of you might be really excited to take, you know, the risk of creating a business and becoming an entrepreneur and working towards your ultimate dream of freedom. But another part of you might be really scared of, freedom really scared of success or really scared of ridicule being visible any of those things i talked about in in your shadow and so you might be unconsciously not aware of it but in your shadow sabotaging your success so you're literally working towards opposite goals you have one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake in your business and that's not an effective way to like be successful or manifest the life that you want So when you do integration and work with your shadow, you finally can start working towards that common goal. And then, then it pops off. Then you have success. Then you finally start seeing some momentum and manifestation happens easy and quickly because you are in energetic alignment with yourself and with your desires. So it's really, really great. Totally shifts everything. You also can show up bravely boldly visibly without shying away you can claim who you are without playing small you can be authentically you and really be visible and show up unapologetically unapologetically but not like aggressively where you're like putting it in other people's faces or saying no you have to accept me it's not a retaliatory um, boldness it's not showing a bold in you know kind of the exaggerated opposite end of the spectrum response to feeling rejected within you just get to be grounded in who you are and not feel like you need to change who you are to please other people you get to be confident, bold, and show up bravely, which is a really amazing feeling, honestly, without being shy, without being insecure. It doesn't mean those feelings don't pop up, but they don't dictate who you are and what behavior you choose. They kind of sit in the backseat of your life. The other thing is that you can really accept and be present with yourself which in turn helps you accept and be fully present with others and with your clients. So it really helps you with creating more intimate and meaningful and beautiful and connected relationships. When you show up as your full self and accept yourself completely, flaws and all, you are giving others permission you're giving others permission to show up fully and accept themselves as well, so it becomes this really beautiful like example of. How you can be with yourself and how you can be with your with others And so many people go through their entire life without being like the, without having this unconditional acceptance or without being fully seen and not having to hide away parts of themselves that they feel shameful about and so for you simply to bear witness to them their full self flaws and all just like you and accepting them embracing them welcoming those flawed parts of them in. Then that in and of itself just being present like that can be really healing can be really transformative, this is kind of the power of like therapy and counseling i'm learning um is just having someone bear witness to you as your full self. So you can offer that to your clients and really improve your relationships with others. You also have improved self-esteem and self-acceptance. So again, you're confident you can show up without second guessing yourself. You have a lot more self-trust. You can listen and trust yourself and know, check in with, with what's right for you without it being like oh I don't know I'm not sure who am I to make this decision you have self-esteem and you can show up fully and share your divine gifts with others the world is yearning for you to show up fully people are googling right now the exact thing that you have to offer and praying for someone like you to show up in their life so you get to have that self-esteem and show up fully and be of service to the world another aspect that's really helpful once you do integrate is that you have these like you know we all have these coping mechanisms that are dysfunctional like i said at the beginning of the episode um, they might have been beneficial and worked in the environment when you first learned them whether you were a child or an adolescent or whatever but they may not be working anymore. Those coping mechanisms might be holding you back more than they're benefiting you. And so you get to learn new healthy coping mechanisms. Once you uncover and kind of dig up some of the things in your shadow, you can see and accurately evaluate, is this working for me? Is this an effective strategy for getting my needs met? Oh, it's an ineffective strategy, no problem, I'm gonna try out this other more effective strategy. It's like you just have choice. You can see your coping mechanisms, determine if they still work for you, see if they're in alignment with your core values, see if they're in alignment with how you wanna live, um, and you can set new boundaries with yourself, with others, all around you just learn healthier coping mechanisms for challenges of life. The other thing is you can also confront like regrets that you have now i have said for many years my one of my most painful emotions that is like i have a very low tolerance for it's really really painful just totally soul crushing to me is the feeling of regret oh it just punches me in the gut it's like the deepest core wound i have is this feeling of regret And so you can confront regrets like, oh man, I messed up. I wish I could go back and do it differently or I missed out on that opportunity. But instead of having the regret and just feeling shame about it, you can stop the negative self-talk and say, okay, I have this regret. I'm gonna embrace that. I accept that experience and I can choose differently this time. And I've grown from it. And I know what to do next time. And I'm gonna capture the opportunities I have in front of me now. Regret is not necessarily bad. It's kind of part of human life. None of us are perfect. So we all have regrets to some extent. But the part when it becomes really unhealthy is when we get stuck in that regret. And if your regret is hanging out in your shadow and it's fueling that negative self-talk, that self-criticism, that part of you that's saying, what's wrong with you? How could you be so stupid? I used to say when I was um, having a really hard few years, I used to say to myself, how did I get here? How did I get here? What have I done? Oh, I used to ask that question myself all the time. What have I done? How could it possibly be this bad? Why did I make those decisions? And I was just fueled by this regret that was cycling within me. And because the regret was so painful, I could never address it. So when you shine a light on these things in your shadow, you can confront that regret, you can heal it, you can embrace it, you can welcome it, you can work with it, you can nourish those feelings, that pain, soothe the pain. And then that negative self-talk and that negative like criticism that's going on in your head seems to go away. It like alleviates that negative self-talk and it boosts your self-esteem like we talked about earlier so you can help confront your regrets which is really nice um you also can then move through challenges and overcome obstacles better and quicker you can move through things much quicker than if you're just sitting there wallowing in failure (laughs) like i laugh because i used to do that of like oh i tried this one thing it didn't work and then you know, years would go by, and I would just be wallowing and how that one thing didn't work. And had I just taken a fraction of the energy that I was using on self loathing, and tried something new, I would have made so much more progress and found success much quicker. So when you look at like this failure complex or perfectionism or any of those challenges or obstacles that you face that are hanging out in your shadow, you actually learn to move through challenges much quicker. Those obstacles become much smaller hills you have to climb They go from being insurmountable mountains to just small speed bumps. And you can actually overcome them and be oriented towards your success rather than oriented towards your failure and stuck in it. And then finally, the benefits of integration or another one is that you can re- honestly like you can launch your business into success pretty fucking fast. You can take smart risks in your business. I don't mean taking reckless risks, but starting a business, creating it, and taking risks is just a part of it. But you can do it smart, you can do it calculated, you can do it where you're really tapping into an intuition that you have. Like I mentioned that inner wisdom, you can really tap into like the, yeah, just like the smart approaches that you can take towards trying something new launching a new program you're not playing small anymore you get to be really visible and say oh i want to express myself in this way or that way for example my brand is really oriented towards like light airy um really bright colors i like kind of whitewash all my pictures and i i hyper expose them so my pictures are like really bright if you look through my instagram profile everything is like white and bright which is cool I love it love neutral tones love the earthy tones love the like really light colors that really speaks to me and I feel is an accurate expression of my business and my brand however for this episode which is all about the shadow I pulled out these old pictures from like five six years ago it's been a while I did a photo shoot in the mountains and we went up at you know dusk for golden hour for the photos and then you know soon enough it got dark the sun actually set but we were still up in the mountains in boulder colorado and up in the the rockies and my photographer was like wait a minute let me turn my headlights of my car on so she turned her headlights on and told me to stand in front of the lights and what ended up happening was a super cool like shadow play of me being in the woods everything was super dark only like the side of my face the profile one side of me was lit up by those by the lights and you can kind of see like the the trees in the background because we were genuinely in the woods and it was super cool but it's very dark and so I can take this risk all this coming back to like how I can integrate my shadow. There would have been a part of me before I integrated my shadow that would have been like no it's not on brand you can't show like this, you know dark version of yourself not that it's evil. Um, but these pictures don't align what will people think of you right I, I would have years ago had all these insecurities about sharing these pictures of me dancing around in the woods in the shadow play. But for this episode, I was like, these pictures are so perfect. I have to use these. They're amazing. They were so much fun and they're super cool looking. Now I've like my body shape has changed a little bit. Like my look is a little different than how I looked five, six years ago. But I took this risk because me dancing in the shadows. I was wearing like this deep emerald green dress um, and these like ruby red boots so fun i'm like that is also a part of me i don't have to hide the like jewel tone dark in the woods at night version of me i can share my like witchy woman side we looks like we are out there dancing around a cauldron like doing some kind of seance or something and i can share that that is a risk that i can take in my business i can be authentic i can show a side of me i don't normally show and i can be fully visible, even though it's not in alignment with my brand. So kind of went on a tangent about this fun photo shoot I did. But my point is you can take risks and show up visibly in your business and not be afraid of rejection. Maybe people follow me just for my light and airy color scheme. And if so, wonderful. And maybe they're don't like this other version of me just captured in photos, but that's okay. I don't have to be um insecure about someone not liking me that's people pleasing I get to show up authentically be visible show up boldly bravely and take that risk to be authentic and once you do this is the whole point of this is the whole benefit of this integration is that once you can step into your authentic self that will launch you into success instead of playing small And trying to figure out what your audience wants from you, you can scale quickly and that leads you to the freedom and the impact that you wanted when you started your business. that's how you get to it is working with the shadow work if your shadow is running the show. If your shadow is dictating how you show up in your business, guess what, you're not going to find the success that you're looking for, you won't create the freedom you won't create the impact you won't be of service to other people. You won't be able to share the things that are in alignment with your divine purpose, the whole reason you showed up here in this life in this incarnation and the whole reason you started your business was to share your gifts with the world and it is so needed, but you won't be able to do those things if your shadow is keeping you playing small so lots and lots of benefits of integrating for you and your business okay so you might be asking well it sounds great i want to do my shadow work how do i do it okay buckle up because i've got a lot of suggestions and they're all really really good Okay, so the first thing that you need to know on how to integrate your shadow, how to work with it, is that it is crucial to have what I call, this is a part of my Buddhist practice, what I call a gentle curiosity. Ooh, it feels so good even when I just say it. A gentle curiosity feels so nourishing. Now, you want to be able to self-reflect. That's what this is about. And i'm going to give you some specific journal prompts some specific things to work with kind of the questions to ask. But before we get into the specifics of the self reflection we've got to lay the foundation of this gentle curiosity, which honestly, this is just a form of mindfulness like watching yourself and how you interact with yourself. Now, the reason we do this is because remember that by working with your shadow you were it's like taking a flashlight and shining a light on the parts of yourself that you reject so these are painful aspects they're not sometimes they're really sensitive they're not always fun to like look at and work with and handle so you want to handle with care you want to bring a lot of gentleness a lot of self-care to this and really the whole point of doing this is accepting yourself as you are not turning away from yourself you have spent your whole life your whole adult life from the moment that these things got associated with shame and repressed into your shadow turning away from yourself abandoning these parts of yourself rejecting these parts of yourself And so, by saying "I'm I'm here with you," I'm no longer turning away. That is offering so much self compassion. So there's a a theologian named Richard Rohr, and he wrote a a great book called Everything Belongs. And basically, the idea is that even the parts of ourselves—it's so perfect for shadow work—even the parts of ourselves that we reject, that we dislike, that or are otherwise unwelcome, they belong like welcome everything to the table. There's a famous poet poem by Rumi. I don't have it memorized. I didn't pull it up either, but basically Rumi's saying like anything that knocks on your door, welcome them in emotionally, any emotions that come up, anger, jealousy, fear, insecurities, imposter syndrome, shame, all those things we talked about in your shadow, welcome them in and treat them as a guest. And so there's this real gentleness about loving and accepting yourself. That has to be the foundation of parts work, or I'm sorry, of shadow work. Last week was parts work go listen to that episode. It was really good, but that has to be the foundation of shadow work because everything you're digging into, if you do it with self-aggression, if you do it with more rejection, you're only going to increase anchor in the parts of you that are in your shadow. You don't want to do that. It'll have like a, the opposite effect of what you're working with. So bring a real gentle curiosity, just like, oh, that's interesting. I'm noticing that I'm feeling insecure. I'm noticing that I'm feeling this. I'm noticing that I'm judging my insecurity. I'm noticing that I'm really rejecting that part of myself. It's just this real curiosity. What's that about? But, but with gentleness, one of my favorite quotes, <laughs> gentle curiosity, really, uh, really helpful here okay so let's get into it the actual pieces that you can work through Ooh, it's so good i loved writing this out i can't wait to share it all so the first one you can do through like journaling working through it by thinking about it or doing therapy with a licensed counselor now it's really good to have like a professional or or like a trauma-informed coach that you're working with to help you work through some of these things because um if you're doing it on your own, there it can kind of get messy. So, but even if you are doing it on your own, like journaling it out or working through it, um, I like to like do yoga and kind of work through these things, or take a walk, or go for a jog. I don't jog, but <laughs> if you do jog, if you're a runner, like go for a run, do something physical. Because as you're working through it mentally and thinking through these things, it also can be helpful to like have some energetic discharge in your body and like be able to move that energy around physically. So lots of ways you can work through this, but the first scenario, the first thing you want to think about, and I'll just go through, I have a long list of these. The first one is experiences where you felt inferior to others or disempowered or embarrassed moments when you were like teased or ridiculed or shamed. Um, but even if others weren't actively like bullying you in that way, even if you just felt in inter- uh internally inferior to others or disempowered so ask yourself what was going on here like what what was happening not just in the dynamic with other people but what was going on within you what exactly felt painful about that and why like really dig into it it's kind of like when somebody's doing the medical operation and Like they need to know what the source of the wound is they can't just stitch it up over the top, because what if something in there is causing it. So really get in there get your hands dirty and like figure out exactly what part of that was painful have the courage to do it and the gentleness to do it. And then ask Okay, well, what are the beliefs that I hold about this thing if my source of pain is that i'm too talkative and I get embarrassed because I overshared one time, whatever, and I think about it at night a week later. Um, So what exactly is painful about that, and then what are the beliefs I hold about people who are too talkative, what are the beliefs that I hold about this aspect of myself or people who are blank fill in the blank. So Look at the beliefs, figure out what's going on within you. And then you can also ask yourself, like, what boundaries do I want to have around this thing? What boundaries do I want to have around myself? Maybe it's withholding judgment, having some discipline around like, oh, I really feel like being too talkative. And instead of like shaming myself for it, I'm going to start a podcast, (laughs) which is what I did. Um, But also, what other boundaries do I want to have with others, maybe I don't, you know, have conversations with people who make me feel disempowered, make me feel inferior when I'm around them or uncomfortable or like I can't be myself. So just get in there and start asking questions and like, figure out what's going on within you. The other thing you can look at is shame. Okay, so this is really like the root of what's going on in your shadow is that the parts that you reject are associated with shame they get somehow attached to shame. So ask yourself what parts of me do I reject what parts of myself do I hold judgment against do I shame carry shame with and therefore want to protect. I want to protect that part of myself from the world I don't want others to see this thing that they might judge me for so i'm going to judge myself first and hide it so nobody else gets the chance to do it. Right what what part of you is rejected now this could be really painful so again have some gentleness around it um, because we reject these parts of ourselves, because we feel really bad about them. Um and then ask yourself after you've kind of identified what's going on, what part of yourself you've rejected, you can then ask, okay, what can I offer these parts of myself? How can I offer them acceptance, nourishment, love, um compassion, understanding? Is it through reparenting? Like what do they need? How can I meet their needs? How can I be send them a new message a new version of that so that they don't feel shamed so work through experiences where you felt disempowered embarrassed inferior and then work through some of the shame the next thing you can do is take a look at your needs and values now this is a huge part of my work i talk all about needs and values especially core values all the time if you want to identify them book a breakthrough session with me because i love talking about them and i'll help you find them But basically, what you're going to ask is, okay, I'm going to look at two different scenarios. One scenario is an empowering or positive experience. And what you can ask yourself is, what needs were being met in that experience? What values do I hold that I was embodying in that experience? What was really aligning and being met, being fulfilled within me, either values or needs? So that's gonna give you a real clear indication of what you value and what you need in your life and what could possibly be hiding in the shadow. Then do the flip side of that. Look at a challenging or a negative, a disempowering experience, kind of similar to what we did earlier. And then specifically ask what needs were not being met there? What was I really lacking there? What values do I hold? which ones were being violated in that experience, or at least not met, not embodied. Okay, so these sets of questions, a positive or a negative or challenging experience, what needs were being met or not met, and what core values were being embodied or not embodied or violated. That'll really help you identify what's important and what might be in your shadow. Another way you can work with your shadow is through reparenting. taking a look at those childhood messages that we just absorb with, you know, indiscrimination, we just completely take it on. As children, we don't know any better, we have to adopt our family beliefs so that we can, you know, we're fully dependent on them so that we can stay alive. But now as an adult, you get to go back and start to review with discernment some of those childhood messages that you received and adopted. So ask yourself what messages did I receive about myself and specifically when looking in the shadow what parts of me are not okay to express or what parts of me were I told were I told are wrong or bad. So that's specifically what you're going to be looking for. And then once you have these beliefs or messages about yourself, you can ask, what do I want to believe about this part of me? What do I really feel about this? What beliefs do I now want to hold and adopt as an adult using my discernment and my wisdom that I didn't have as a child? So once you have that figured out, then you can kind of have this dialogue between you and your inner child again last week's episode talked all about this so go listen to it but basically you're asking what does my inner child need from me my adult me about this topic how can I help her heal and give her a new message about herself that I can then integrate into my adult self and then how do you want to express this part of you now like that thing that you were always so ashamed about maybe it's um you know I've got a million examples in my childhood but maybe it's like oh you were dancing and your parents told you to stop or you were talking too much (laughs) keep going back to that example um or you were too rowdy or you were laughing too much or you were crying too much you were expressing too much emotion because you didn't know how to cope with it and you got shamed for that how do you want to express those parts of you now maybe you want to take a dance class or just do some dancing around your house maybe you want to start a podcast and talk your ear off maybe you want to have a friend that you get coffee with and just chat and catch up and let yourself free free flow Um, or maybe you want to you know journal out your feelings and really express your passion and and really nourish yourself by crying and falling apart on occasion whatever it is how do you want to express that part of you now so that's the reparenting and child addressing the childhood messages You also can work with your potential. Ooh, this is one I love. I get so excited about this one. So here is where you can explore your true desires. Sometimes your true deepest desires get stuck in your shadow because you believe you're not allowed to have them. You believe you're not allowed to be worthy of them. And so they get stuck in your shadow. They get repressed. Like If I don't even want it, then I won't feel the pain of not having it. But if you tap into these true desires and really have a vision for what you want your life to be like, a vision for who you want to be, how you want to step up, how like a vision for your future self, then you can journal out any beliefs that you have that tell you you're not allowed to have those things or you're not allowed to even want them in the first place. So, when you journal all that out, then you can finally start to become that version of you that you really desire. So, once you have those beliefs that tell you you're not allowed to have those desires, then you can ask, okay, are these beliefs really true? You can rewrite those beliefs to become the true ones that you actually believe now. And then you can practice adopting those. And when you adopt a new set of beliefs, that allows you to transform. So if you've got a set of like real desires that you want to create in your life or becoming a version of you that you feel is like out of reach or too bold, or, oh, I could never pull that off by adopting these new beliefs. It's going to allow you to step into having those get into energetic alignment with those desires that you want to create. And then necessarily based on the law of you know creativity, the law of attraction, the laws of manifestation, you will necessarily receive those. So it's really fun to work with the potential that might be hidden in your shadow. Another way to work with this particular shadow aspect is to look at others who have already created what you want. Maybe people that you feel jealousy towards or judgment towards even, I do that a lot or have done in the past, like they have what I want and then I go, this bitch. She thinks she's better than me, or why does she have it and I can't create it like she's not any better than me. I get all wrapped up in this story of judgment towards her that has literally nothing to do with her, and she has the exact thing that I want so how could I possibly be mad at her about that. So look at those people who like I don't know are energetically or emotionally like poking your shadow and you feel uncomfortable about it. And then you can explore underneath that what beliefs you have about yourself or about those desires and then unpack those. Do the same thing. Look at those beliefs. Are they really true? Rewrite them to the ones that you want to believe and then practice adopting those. So it gets to be really fun. I love the like inner potential shadow work. Another way you can do this is to work with your trauma. Okay, now this one I wanna be really careful about. This is really about working with your nervous system, and if you remember, a huge part of our shadow is about healing those wounded parts of yourself. It's these wounded parts that get repressed, exiled into our shadow, so you can actually work with these. I would highly suggest, if you have trauma, in your shadow, and it's anchored in your body and in your nervous system, I highly strongly advise that you work with a licensed professional counselor or a trauma informed coach. So work with a professional to help you through this Um, can be really helpful to just be held in a way um, that these professionals can hold you when you're working with these traumas so that you don't get flooded and overwhelmed, and then re traumatize yourself. So a lot of shadows were like a lot of aspects of your shadow were created as a part of developmental or attachment trauma when we were children. When we're children, we don't have the resources to deal with our emotions fully and so they just get pushed away and stored in our shadow, but really where they get stored is in our nervous system. And so in our body and in the stories that we tell ourselves, these are those beliefs that I keep coming back to. So if you do want to work with this in a trauma informed way and work with your nervous system, think about doing that. Like, how can I do body work? Um, I, I don't know about you, but I've been in plenty of yoga classes where I move into a certain position, just in the yoga class, whatever. And then a certain position, I'll just like burst into tears. Now, I move to tears easily, so it doesn't take a lot (laughs) to, to get me crying, get the waterworks flowing. But what I always notice is like, oh, when I move into that particular yoga position, it's opening up a storage in my body of where I hold emotions that are unprocessed, unreleased, unexpressed, they're in storage in that particular part. And when I move into that position, it opens it up so maybe it's doing you know nervous working with your nervous system working with your body doing yoga but whatever it is to work with this trauma that you may not even be aware of especially if it came in early childhood um, it can be really helpful to work with professionals so that's another option for you a really good one a really powerful one but it's it's deep work so get ready Another option is to lean into your spiritual wisdom. Ooh, I love this one. This one is directly addressing the witch wound. So, just full transparency, I know I talk about being a spiritual entrepreneur all the time, and I mention a lot that I like am a, you know coming on twenty years practicing Buddhist, like whatever. But I am such a witchy woman behind the scenes. I have crystals everywhere i sleep with like um folded up wealth mantra and crystals and like little altar items underneath my pillow (laughs) i literally have it under my pillow when i make my bed i do manifestation techniques i do visualizations visioning techniques i practice like meditations all the time I have Ganesh and Buddha statues all over my house, I have like framed paintings of Krishna and Lakshmi like Hindu gods and goddesses, and I do like moon phase rituals where it's like the new moon and I'm doing visualization practices and that's the full moon it's the quarter moon yada yada like I get witchy okay I like to do the potions i like to do spells i draw oracle cards i have multiple decks of runes i have a handful of psychics that i work with on and on so i have learned to lean into my spiritual wisdom and actually do the practices that feel good to me now i'm happy to share about these things i don't keep them hidden behind the you know behind the scenes on purpose um but there was a time where i felt like oh i would be insecure if people knew about how metaphysical i was and how many past life regressions i've done and like you know whatever but now i'm like no this is a huge part of who i am and i love doing these practices and honestly they help me like i light candles before sessions or when i'm journaling like it's just a helpful thing if you struggle with the witch wound expressing your depth, sharing your wisdom, like being in touch with this intuitive feminine power within you, this natural connection that we have with the elements can feel really scary. It can be, you can be afraid of like your own power that comes from this. But when you incorporate this into your business, especially if the service you provide is based on spirituality, like, If you provide Reiki or you're a tarot card reader or whatever it is that you're providing in your business, people are craving that side of you. People yearn for that. And so many like straight faced, you know, buttoned up corporate women out there have this deep spiritual intuitive feminine witch side to them. But they are afraid to express it, afraid to share it, and so they do it in secret and do it in hiding, and it can leave people feeling like bad or shameful. So by you getting in touch with your spiritual wisdom, leaning into all these rituals, I'm a sucker for ceremony, I love ceremony. I would have made a really good Catholic because there's a lot of ceremony in Catholic Catholicism. But I'm not Catholic, Um, but I like love these things. So if you crave any of the spiritual stuff, do it that is going to help you heal your witch wound. And the more that you engage with these things and tap into your inner intuition, tap into accessing your higher power, your inner divinity, your higher self, your spiritual side, working with your dreams, all those things are going to start channeling more of the authentic you. And that's going to come out in your business. And people are going to love it. I promise you, if people don't love it, they're not your ideal client. They're the wrong people. And they can go find someone else. (laughs) So, That'll help you lean into that with the witch wound if that's in your shadow. And then the last suggestion I have for working with your shadow is to build a sense of community. Now, this is really going to help with the sister wound. So, you know, find a a spiritual community. It can be anything where you're connecting with other like minded women, where you're not like in competition or being catty or shitty to each other. So it could be a spiritual community could be a book club. It could be a biz bestie, those are always fun to have. It could be play dates with other moms where you're just connecting and communing with one another. Whatever it is for you, find some kind of connection with other like-minded women. Another way to build community is to support or collaborate with other women. Now, I do this a lot, I focus a lot on building and collaborating connections with other women, especially in my industry, women who are therapists, women who are coaches, women who are entrepreneurs, women who are authors, whatever it may be. And one of my favorite quotes is empowered women empower women. So do that go out there. And like, if there's a woman that you follow, and you're like, really admire, say that to her, like, people who are walking down the street in a cute outfit, and you're driving by shout that shit out the window being like you look amazing in that we all feel good when we're empowered by other women when we're adored by other women when we feel that connection, and it feels so good to offer that pack. So if there's somebody out there that you admire, I use the example of a cute outfit but it's like oh my god they have a business that's amazing that website looks great or i love this idea or i'm really in tune with this message um or uh, you know i really align with what they're talking about send a message ask for them to be on your podcast or you to be on theirs like say hey do you want to do a promo together how can i support you how can i help you let's collaborate and so many of my best friends Are people that i have done exactly that with just collaborated with so that's really fun and then my last suggestion for creating community and this is totally just me offering this to you is to sign up for a breakthrough session with me now these are free i offer them complimentary and basically what we'll be doing is like anchoring in that meaningful positive connection with other women. So kind of the format of it is that I help you discover your true desires, sometimes they're hanging out in your shadow, mind you, Uh, we then look at what's holding you back again, what can be in your shadow. And then we make a game plan for stepping into your future self, we literally shine a light on all the things that have been holding you back what you really desire. And then we take a look at how we can get you there. So feel free to um, book one of those with me on my calendar. It's sarabirdcoachingcom forward slash breakthrough dash session. Um, you can find it on my website. It's all over. So book that with me and that'll really help you anchor in this sense of like feeling seen, feeling safe, being cared for, being accepted, even though you have these shadow parts of you. Um, It'll just nourish you with that, like that sister wound, that sense of community, and always feels really good. So book that with me. And uh, yeah, hopefully this session on shadow work has been helpful. It's our special Halloween episode thank you for listening through the October episodes they were all around authenticity being who you truly are all oriented towards like unpacking the metaphysical version of Halloween November's coming up and of course we have Thanksgiving in November if you're here in America and we're going to be doing another themed month all about gratitude and practicing that so join me in next week's episode and as always thanks for listening Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode for the training and insight that you need to create the business and life that you want. As always, I'd love your feedback. I love to hear from you. So please find me on all the socials at Sarah Bird Coaching, or leave a comment over at the blog at sarahbirdcoaching.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-B-Y-R-D coaching.com breakthroughs, insights, and aha's did you have from this episode and what action are you ready to take now? And if you're ready to build and scale your soul centered business to the next level so that you can finally reach six figures without leaving spirituality at the door, join us in the abundant soul aligned business program. This 12-week women's business building program teaches you the systems and strategies of building a business from the ground up, and we go deep into the inner work of stepping into leadership in your business and life. If you're ready for the clarity, confidence, and cash flow to go from start to success, you can learn more and enroll at sarahbirdcoaching.com ASA-biz. That's com slash A-S-A dash B-I-Z. Sending you so much love and we will see you next show.